in today's show, I'm going to be looking at potential sell-high players for fantasy basketball. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today, we're looking at sell-high trades. And as always, this is not everybody who's potentially a sell-high. This is not me telling you get rid of this player immediately. This is not saying trade these guys no matter what. It's just exploring and seeing what's out there, seeing whether you can flip a guy for a little bit more value. And don't be so quick to pull triggers on trades. I think that's really important that so many times people just want to do trades consistently, consistently, consistently. And I think a lot of the times it works out poorly. So just be really careful. Understand why you want to do the trade before you actually do the trade. I think that's a great question. Every time you say, well, I'm going to do this trade, like why? Ask yourself that question. And then if the answer is satisfactory, then go ahead and do it. Let's talk now about some sell-high guys in category leagues. DeAndre Ayton over the last week is the seventh-ranked player. Why is he the seventh-ranked player? Well, he's shooting 69% Giggity. from the field and 92% from the line. They are obviously some big numbers. He's also blocking 2.3 shots, which is a whole extra block per game over his season average. So there are some big, big things there that are going to come down. The usage has spiked, and maybe that can continue. Maybe he can stay at over 20, 21% usage. There's nothing wrong with that. But a true shooting of 74, blocking 2.3 shots per game, um, is probably not something that's realistic for Aiden. And I think if you can get find someone who looks at him as the top 20 guy that he has been close to in the past, and they want to... Um, yeah, you, they want to take that flyer and say, well, he's figured it out now. Chris Paul has made him better and all that sort of stuff. Do it. You know, trade him off for that guy because I don't think that that level of efficiency with that level of shot blocking is going to be something that he's able to continue. Like if I had the opportunity to trade DeAndre Aiden for Christian Wood, I'd do it in a heartbeat. If I had the opportunity to trade Aiden for Nikola Vucevic, which you probably won't, but maybe you can. If I had the opportunity to trade him for Kristaps Porzingis, I'd do that as well. Demontis Sabonis, so that we don't have an update on his knee. I'd, I'd do that one. So it really does depend on who is out there, but I wouldn't be viewing Aiton as a top 10 player or probably even a top 20 player for the rest of the season. The next guy we take a look at is Gordon Hayward. Now, we've talked about you know, guys like Robert Covington, guys like Kelly Oubre, saying, yeah, we have to be really careful about players changing teams and fitting into new schemes. But obviously, that's not a blanket statement, and that's not avoid players on new teams because Gordon Hayward's been great. Jeremy Grant has been awesome. It's not a blanket statement. Haywood's been even better, though, in the last uh, three games. 38 minutes a night, 32 points per game, 59% from the field, including 53% from three, and averaging two steals per game. He's the 21st ranked player this season, and no reason he can't remain a second-round guy or, at worst, a late third-round player. But at the moment, over the last week, he's the 10th ranked player, and that high level of scoring that he's putting up is not something that I think we can rely upon really in any sort of way. He shot over 53% in four consecutive games. So there's going to be some come down there for Haywood for sure. Um, but again, yeah, only if you're getting a top 15 sort of player back, then I'd be okay to do it. 
but I wouldn't be doing it if I'm getting a top 40 player back. You know, who that guy is that you trade for Haywood, maybe it's a, a guy like Trey Young who's ranked below him this season. I, I'd be okay with doing that. Maybe it's someone who's a bit annoyed with Paul George sitting out with COVID uh, protocols this week. Hey, give it a crack. You literally never know how people are going to react to this sort of stuff. Um, people are worried about Bradley Beal being shut down because the Wizards are terrible. There's there's a move you could consider. I'd probably take Zach Levine for Gordon Hayward. So there's not many guys, and it may not be something you can easily pull off, but he is the 10th-ranked player over the last two weeks. The next guy we take a look at is Don. He's good. Don Mitchell, excellent over the last two weeks and over the last week as well. The 12th-ranked player, averaging 29 points, shooting 56% from the field and 94% from the line and almost six attempts per game. You know how much I've banged on about Donovan Mitchell needing to get to the line more, and he's hitting them now at a higher rate. So that's really helping his numbers, but he's also averaging weirdly seven rebounds per game and over four threes per game on 57% shooting from three. So there's going to be a big, big come down there. The 94% from the line, or even 96% from the line over this last six games, while he's a good free throw shooter, he's not that good. So that's going to come back down, as is the two-point percentage, which is hovering at like 55% over those last three games. So Mitchell is showing the flashes of being a top 15 guy, because that's what he currently is over the last two weeks. I am not convinced that that sticks, just because... Because of that efficiency, because of that high rebounding, because of the high volume threes and high percentage threes, and because of the high increase in his free throw percentage. The next guy we take a look at is DeAndre Hunter, who's been awesome this this season. There's no no doubt about that, and I was way off on him to begin this year. Like I did not see any of this coming. But over the last two weeks, he's the 18th ranked player. He's shooting 61% from the field and 88% from the line. He's actually an 87% free throw shooter all season, which is weird considering he shot 76 last season. So big, big improvements there. But in these last, you know, even if we go to the last five games, he's shooting 64% from two, 74 in his last two games. The usage is up in those games. He's getting big, big steals. He's under one steal per game for the season, but over the last, he's had five steals in his last two games. So... I think that even the, the ranking where he's at at 60th over the course of the season is probably a little bit too high, and there's going to be some sort of drop-off in his efficiency. Because he's shooting 60% from two this year, a number which is 15 percentage points higher than where he was last year. So there is going to be some come down there for sure. And But it's even more, more apparent when you look at what he's done these last couple of games, especially that last game when Trey Young wasn't there where he had 33 points in that one and shot 62% from the field. He's been unbelievable, but see if you can get a top 40 guy, a top 30 guy back because I don't think he's going to be able to maintain that. The last player I look at is Kendrick Nunn because over the last week, he's a top 50 player. 35 minutes a night, 20 points per game, 49 from the field, 36 from three, yeah, true shooting 61. Now look at all those numbers, and they're not outrageous in terms of percentages. Like last year, he had a true shooting of 53, so the 61's a little bit high. 35 minutes, yeah, 24 usage, 1.3 steals, under four assists. Like they're not crazy. I, he's just not playing 35 minutes because there's no Jimmy Butler, there's no Avery Bradley, and there's no Tyler Hero at the moment. And you could make an argument that none will play over Bradley. I don't believe that he will, but you could make that argument. But he's not playing over Butler, and he's not playing over Hero. So there's yeah, 70 minutes right out, right off the gate, out the gate that needs to be taken out of that rotation. And yes, Gabe Vincent's going to lose that playing time, and maybe none goes back and plays 15 minutes a night. But at the moment, if you've added him, which is a, a really solid short-term move, if you added him, 
Try and flip him. Use the second in rookie of the year argument. Talk about Avery Bradley being trash. Talk about how can you deny this guy he's so good. Whatever you want to talk about. But just try and get any sort of top 100 guy back for a player like um, Kendrick Nunn. And I think it's going to end up being a win. Target guys who are even out. Davis Bertans, Wendell Carter Jr. Trade those players. Trade for those players. Someone who's trending down. Paul Washington Jr. Those sort of guys. I think they're pretty... Some pretty good options for you to try and attack uh, with it with Kendrick Nunn if he is on your team. Let's have a look at some points leagues options now. Clint Capella, this probably goes across for categories as well, but over the last week, he is the number one player in uh, points leagues, averaging 74 fantasy points per game, 20 points, 23 rebounds, and seven and a half blocks. Obviously, they're ridiculous numbers, but even over the last five games, he's the third ranked player, averaging 58 fantasy points. He has been doing it without Dinola Gallinari and without other players in this rotation and playing a lot more minutes without Gallinari because it's meant fewer minutes for Collins at center. So these 35, 36, seven minute nights that he's playing, I'm just not sure how sustainable it is. He's had double digit rebounds in every game bar the first one of the season where he played only 20 minutes. He's getting a lot of blocks, obviously, with you know what uh, 22 blocks in his last four games. But interestingly, before those last four games, he had three blocks in his prior five games. So obviously was going from a slump to an absolute flood of blocks. He's a guy that when we look in points leagues, I think we should, we can look at him as maybe a top 30 guy, maybe as a 40 to 40, you know, 40 points to 45 fantasy point player. So try and target that sort of area when looking at his value. Gordon Hayward, another guy there for points leagues. He's averaging 49 fantasy points over the last week. For the reasons I mentioned before, I think there's going to be a bit of a reduction in his production. While Aaron Gordon, over the last week, the 28th ranked player, averaging 14 points, 10 boards, almost eight assists, which accounts for 41 fantasy points. They're really good numbers. The assists, the bump in assists from Gordo, I do think is relatively real. And there is scope for him to be a better scorer. But he's also averaging 2.3 blocks over the last three games. Um, and that's something I don't think is going to continue. And the 10 boards per game is probably a little bit high. I think you look at him as more of a 37 to 38 fantasy point producer. So it's not a huge um, sell high window that you've got there for Gordo. But it, it is something that we can pay attention to and something that you can try and exploit here. Ennis Cantor, another guy who over the last week is the 38th ranked player. Big boards, 28 minutes, 11 points, 15 rebounds, one and a half blocks. His block rate is actually much higher than it has been in the past. Uh, this year and last year, he had a pretty decent block rate. Um, but this is more just yeah, looking down the track because Yusuf Nurkic is going to come back at some point and then Kant is going to go back and play 17 minutes a night. So unless you're getting you're getting given a top 70 type player in a points league for Kanter, uh, don't do the trade. Try and get that top 70 guy. Try and yeah, switch that up. So Nurkic was trash. Mate, Josh Lloyd doesn't know what he's talking about. He says Nurkic is good. Nurkic is useless. One of the worst centers in the league. Cantor's going to keep that job. Use that, whatever. And get and get rid of Cantor, but yeah, try and get top 70 back. And if you don't get it, if you're getting a back-end guy, just keep him. Write it out and then see where it goes from there. And the last guy I want to talk about is Aaron Gordon's teammate, Evan Fournier, the top 50 player in the last week, averaging 36 fantasy points, 22 real-life points, and six assists per game on 28% usage. It is a little bit hard to trust um, that level of usage and that level of scoring from Fournier. Now, he's going to have opportunities, obviously, because of the absence of Markel Fultz, the absence of Jonathan Isaac. Not that Isaac's a big offensive player, but the fact that there is just extra opportunity there for Fournier is important. But he's shooting... 
Um, 42% from three, which is probably going to come down. And I'm also not ready to trust six assists per game from Evan Fournier. I think we can look at him as maybe someone who is a top 100 points league guy, a 28 to 30 fantasy points per game player, but not a 36 points guy, which is what he's been averaging over the last week. Guys, that'll do it for me today. Don't forget, subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on YouTube, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. So yeah.